A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Get carrots for the reindeer. It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century. From I Love Lucy, the news radio, I'm your TV guy, Brett White. And I'm also a senior reporter producer for Decider.com. And say hello to the, to the less to my Nick, Ethan K. Hi, Ethan. Hello, Brett. And Merry Christmas, although we are Merry December Christmas. 2nd. Uh, hey, anytime after Thanksgiving, Black Friday on is Christmas uh, to me. So, which is honestly um, a c- conservative because a lot of people, it's like October 1st, Christmas. People are crazy like that. Nah. October, 1st, October 1st is, that means we're, that we're late in putting up the Halloween decorations. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I fully believe in, so you got to celebrate the holidays in a row. Like you can't yes, just jump straight to Christmas. Um, but yeah. Uh, so we, we've been on a break uh, partly because of, uh thanksgiving happened but also um my cat dolores got uh, a, a uti and I'm, I'm telling her business she doesn't know i'm doing this <laughs> um and was peeing blood all over the apartment and so my husband and i had to watch her in shifts just to make sure that she only peed in the six spots in our apartment that she was like you know making the rounds to How so that she- was fun yeah. She's fine. She eventually started taking her medicine. She's been fine uh, for like a week. And uh, the vet and everything did not seem at all. It was very nonplussed about the um, peeing blood thing. They were just like, oh, yeah, that's fine. I know it's like, I know this isn't, it doesn't relate to sitcoms, but my cat, Fred, also a ginger, he's one year old. He had um, some urinary issues a few weeks back. And along the same lines, they, the the vet said, well, he might pee a little blood, and that's just what happens. Uh, yeah, and so like us, we're like freaking out, because it's like, there's no way. Blood coming out of anywhere is not a good sign. But anyway, that's all fine, but that was an exhausting, that's one that's one place we've been. Um, what did you do I, for Thanksgiving? What, where were you? Uh, so Seb uh, cooked, and then we had uh, guests of the pod, uh, Ben Ragib and Katie healy Wurzberg and Ben's wife, uh, Ellen and son. Came over. Favorite people. My favorite yeah. people. Came over and had a Thanksgiving uh, dinner. What were y'all up to? Uh, for the first week, uh, you remember my friend Nick? He visited from uh, from San Franci- from San Diego. And then as soon as he left, we went and visited my parents at, in Pennsylvania. Uh, had a wonderful Thanksgiving meal. Came home. 
literally, I think three days later, Megan's dad showed up with uh, the Christmas tree that we bought out in Illinois a couple couple months ago. Or a couple oh. months. And uh, so he's he just left the other day. Uh, the downside is that Megan, my my spouse, uh, took the stairs a little too fast. And about halfway down, she kind of slipped and lost her balance and uh, she broke her toe. Hmm. So I feel I feel very bad for for her for that. I've been taking care of her as much as best I can. What the best you can do for a broken toe, which is like yeah, tape it and wait. Yeah, you kind of hoping yeah. pray. It's been an exhausting couple of weeks in terms of um. So one of the reasons that my life has been so exhausting is Christmas content at work. I am the Christmas. I'm the self-appointed Christmas uh, reviewer. In in line with my job, I would normally only have to cover Netflix movie, Netflix Christmas content. Um, but me being the, I mean, you could say masochist, merry masochist. Um, I like last year, or no, two years ago, I guess this is my third year doing this. I was like, I want to cover as many Hallmark and Lifetime movies as possible, as well as literally every Christmas movie. So I, you know, have my database of over 200 Christmas movies. I have reviewed 31 i think i wrote review number 31 today Ooh, and it is just december 2nd so i am very <laughs> tired there is um, a whole month to go god uh but so i will say uh if you're out there watching the hallmark movies this year they are actually good which goes against why I'm doing this is because i love christmas movies and bad movies and usually this is the overlap but this year they're Christmas movies, and then they're actual, like, legitimately funny, uh, actually ambitious with their plots. I have actually seen very few big city woman goes back to her small town home, falls in love with the local gym teacher. What Like, I've only seen a couple of those and almost none of them on Hallmark. So it's been very... <laughs> Uh, this week I likened two different Christmas movies to The Wicker Man. So, <laughs> my that's... one of my favorite movies. If you if you're looking at the, at the, <laughs> at the podcast on YouTube, I have a Wicker Man tattoo on my arm, and I'm showing it to the, the camera. See? Uh, uh, well, and you'll you'll know this. Um, so there's a movie on Netflix called Christmas on Mistletoe Farm, which I highly I uh, do not recommend. Uh, it is the worst movie I've seen this year. And it comes from the writer-director lady, uh, De- Debbie Isbit or something, of the Nativity movies. Oh, the... Uh, and we the watched... Freeman, Martin Freeman and David Tennant movie. Yeah, we watched the David Tennant one at your place. Uh, that uh, And so I now know... So her magic uh, combination is straight-laced Englishman and then um hefty sized a uh, doofus uh, because who was the one uh poppy poppy yeah the God. poppy he was just an over exuberant um i don't know it was kind of like a muppet like what but not like yes. one of the puppet muppet not a real person walking. just one of the yeah. walking muppets so like, there's another one in uh, christmas on mistletoe farm and his name is bino Bino! Yeah, and he lives in the barn inexplicably. It's it's awful. It is uh, the worst movie I've seen this year. Uh, but it has very Wicker oh. Man vibes. And then uh, Wait, a fav- how, how, does it, how does it have Wicker Man vibes? Well, so so <laughs> the whole premise of the movie is this guy's dad, who is estranged from, leaves him his uh, farm where they grow mistletoe that makes people fall in love, but that is not the movie and they don't actually ever address that. So 
So he so in order to perfect the pitch for his nebulous job that involves pitching and getting accounts, he decides to take his five children because, of course, he's a widower because dead moms have to be in every Christmas movie. He decides to take his five kids to the mistletoe farm because that'll be peaceful and he can write, which is a ridiculous idea. And so you spend the first like, well, it feels like two hours, but it's really only half hour. Um, just him and the kids and Bino at the farm. And then Bino finally takes them into the town to the tavern. And is it was really strange because like as soon as they open the door and they go into the tavern, I felt this innate like, like I have been held hostage and was like, I want to run and run away with literally anyone else I can get to. Like, I felt this thing of like, let's follow any of these other people. Wherever they go, let's just follow them. Let's just leave the family behind. Oh my God. But then I quick, but then the movie quickly points out everyone in the town is a Beano. Everyone is insane. Everyone dresses like a cartoon character and like only has one personality trait. And they're all very. And so there's this one shot where the kids are on their bikes and they're trying to get to school and they get lost. And then from over the hill comes a bunch of townspeople all of them dressed like melted crayons basically and they're just well just because they're all just wearing mismatched bright yeah. colors and it's they all just like wave and i'm just like the town is terrifying this is midsummer <laughs> like if, uh, i will give you that then yes it doesn't it, it doesn't end with someone dying in in a flaming wicker man but it I should wish. have and you I would wish. have enjoyed it and then there's another one called a fabled holiday which is um people get uh basically people get drawn to this fictional storybook town where the citizens of the town are ancient are like ancient uh fairy tale archetypes who have over the course of i guess okay why Siri keeps activating literally only <laughs> when I do podcasts. I need to figure out how to turn Siri off because I don't ever use Siri. Anyway, they're like these medieval archetypes that have just regenerated or like persisted through hundreds of years. And they all have roles to play, even if like the, the, the witch who is there to try and stop them from uh, progressing, stopping the humans from progressing in their, their journey. Uh, she doesn't really want to do that anymore, but she's like, this is my role. I have to do this. Like it's, it's, it, they are concepts heavier than Hallmark can carry. And it is yes. amazing. That's and it's, that's, that's... I, and, and they mostly pull all these off, which is why I'm like, what happened to Hallmark this year? But you didn't like the Beano. One. Uh, the worst movie I've ever seen and then Fable Holiday is it's good it's one of the it's a good Hallmark movie the best Hallmark movies uh we can move on to actually talk well this is Christmas it's on topic um <laughs> Three Wise Men and a Baby and Haul Out the Holly are two of the best Hallmark movies I have ever seen they're both legitimately funny and I like uh Stephen Tobolowski is in Fabled uh, is in um Haul Out the Holly playing a character named Ned ah <laughs> and, and it honestly feels like they just let him improvise all of his lines because they're all these amazing non sequiturs and it honestly it just feels like hallmark has whoever the new management is that came this cameron beret hates um and they're really just like letting the they're letting a lot of the actors write the scripts which is also interesting because nice. three wise men and the baby was written by one of the actors um and it's like by doing that, like actors, they've all been in like hundreds of these movies at this point. And it's like they know 
they like know how to capture the essence while also writing things that actors want to play. Yeah. So it's very, fun. it's very interesting. It's very fun. I, I suggest everyone watch some of these. Wow. I've gone crazy. Also, so the been watching. <laughs> oh, I, I, the most important thing is the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special is the most beautiful thing I've seen in a very long time. It was and very was, nice. We we and, very much enjoyed that one. Um, that's the, that's the kind of the stuff we've been watching. We've been watching. I mean, we watched Andor. We just wrapped that up. Um, we've been watching uh, just anime, just to kind of to keep that going. There's one called Bochi the Rock, where it's a very socially inept girl uh, who is has no friends, but she's an amazing guitar player, and yeah. she she falls in with a little band of teenage friends and they're destined to have rock stardom and it is fun and it is funny and they do a lot of weird things like suddenly it'll go live action for a couple seconds and they're like claymation or like very just like weird it's a very interesting anime style but i mean that's it's comfort food what can i say oh yeah my speaking of the, one of the things I love about uh, Christmas movies, like the TV Christmas movies, is they 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 adhere to at times they can adhere to no internal or external logic to where it these movies are sometimes predominantly the genre of movie that makes me question reality the most, and so therefore I find them just fascinating and fun. <laughs> for instance, in CBS's Fit for Christmas, which is about a fitness instructor who fails in new york city has to go back to her small town of mistletoe montana and help save the rec center that her mom her dead mom used to have a studio in Uh, and she of course falls like has a love-hate relationship with the businessman that's come to town to tear it down etc so that's the premise it is very cookie cutter it's not great um but (laughs) for She's like, we have to raise $80,000 to save the rec center. How are we going to do this? And then she, then it hits her. She's like, I know. We'll have the longest kick line ever in Mistletoe all the way down Main Street. And we can live stream it. And people can donate money to our kick line. Literally like a rocket style kick line. And at that point, I just like, and everyone is, everyone in the movie is like, that's a great idea where it'll be the longest kick. I'm like, and so this is one of those moments I just treasure in these movies. Cause it's like, that's not a thing. Why is she, <laughs> does she think that'll work? Why are people going to donate money to a kick line? Why is it? It was just like, this is amazing. <laughs> and then they should. I have met several fitness instructors and I'm friends with some, and some of them are amazing people and other people are definitely Hey, I have a great idea. A kick line will raise eighty thousand dollars, kind of people. So that's like, <laughs> it, it. It rings true, if you will. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, so like moments like that, and also the Dolly Parton Christmas special that aired this week, yeah. uh, Mountain Magic Christmas, which is, I'll just say, at one point, Dolly Parton uh, fights Satan. So, Brett, she's do doing that, that every day. Do she's it. doing that every day for it us. It is so good. It is every so day. good. It's so good. <laughs> Uh, but should, on on the front of I had a comment. Um, so getting back on whatever. Uh, Jason Van Slyke, listener uh, of the pod, watcher of the pod in this case, because on YouTube he commented, "I could listen to Ethan and Brett talk music all day, chatting television and the Misfits. Love it." Which is you're wearing a Misfits shirt. So boom. I think I was wearing this Misfits shirt before. Um, it was on the Abbott and Costello episode. Uh, it must have it must have been the same shirt. 
Uh, I just, it rotates. I have two Misfit shirts. <laughs> I like the Misfits. I saw, I've seen them twice. Uh, once at Madison Square Garden where I was third row. Sounds uh, terrifying. It, Moshing? It was amazing. And I absolutely loved it. Um, best, best moment of the, of the night was every, the people are crowd surfing over and there's a girl in a wheelchair that they are crowd surfing over to the front. So that's, it's heavy. And she's, and she's having kind of a hard time steadying herself. Yeah, it's a wheelchair. And Jerry only the bass player for the misfits sees this happening, takes his bass. This is Madison square garden, the biggest venue in New York city. Yeah. And he brings his bass over and he, he stretches it out into the crowd so she can steady herself. And she's holding onto the bass and she gets up to the front where the security guards guards got her and he lets the bass go and just lets her keep the bass. Oh man. He was that he, he had just been playing. So I I've met Jerry only. He is the nicest effing dude in the world. He's such a nice oh, dude. Oh man. Whereas um yeah, I just been I just been listening to Carly Rae Jepsen's uh The Loneliest Time, her new album, which is uh fantastic. Um <laughs> well thank you That's... for the uh, the feedback and uh i hope i'm glad you like us misfits yes uh but speaking of misfits there's a real misfit today this week we're traveling to december 19th 1954 the country girl ruled the box office mr sandman by the cornets topped the charts and cbs aired the father knows best episode christmas story ethan you must have seen christmas story before today and i'm talking about the father knows best episode not the feature film i had never i'd never seen father knows best i I didn't even know it was like available i thought it was just one of those like mythical television like the two episodes of life of riley that are on tubi and it's all available on peacock and literally anywhere i think it's on tubi it's probably popping up everywhere it's 203 episodes across six seasons so this is it's massive and like there were there there the the main characters were this family and anderson's the anderson's as you can imagine it is 1950s hokey um family it has the title that is the quintessential 1950s tv show title father knows best and it's like jesus christ let's rewind a couple years because this was originally, like so many other things, mm. like Bill O'Reilly, like Abbott and Costello, it was a radio show. Like I Love Lucy and uh, oh. My Favorite Husband. Uh, so it was a radio show from 1949 to 1954. The only character, uh, the only person that was part of it was Robert Young, who plays the yeah. dad, Jim Anderson. Um, he, they, they, they said, you know, let's, let's do a pilot. So he did a pilot uh, as part of the 1954 Ford Television Theater did a special called Keep It in the Family, which is even a weirder title. Um, yeah. That, that yeah. did well enough that they, they <laughs> sold it as, as, as a series. Completely different cast except for Robert Young. So it's Robert Young's whole thing. The difference between the two, and this is something that Wikipedia said, and I'm kind of like, I read a little bit more into it, was that the the radio show was more of a comedy it, oh. it had to catch people's attention and it was it had, was it was jokier and it was it was it was it was a comedy like a it, lot of crap falling out of closets <laughs> so that kind of stuff the radio, good radio days and then when it went to tv robert young w- really said 
I'd like it to be more about relationships and the family and less about the comedy. So it's, it's a, the episode that we saw, the Christmas story is a very mild episode. It is not, uh, it is not a laugh riot. No one has, you know, no, there's no goofy, great character, but I will say I absolutely loved this episode. I've seen a couple of father knows best episodes and have we done it on the podcast? It is like, it is one of these weird shows that like it exists. Uh, you know, it kind of goes in one ear out the other with me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I never watched it until probably for this podcast or like, you know, more recent times when I discovered that it was on uh, various streaming services. So I have no affection for it. Does Robert Young have any Disney connections? Uh, yes, he does. He had, he was in, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to forget it now, but he has, he does have Disney connections, uh, cause he did do a couple films for them. Uh, yeah. I will look this up and I will find it. I think I thought he did. I thought he did some Disney things. I, I, I feel like I, he has something else that you're like, Oh yeah, he was in that. What? Oh well, he was Marcus Welby, MD. Okay, that was so, the big you know. thing. He was in Marcus Welby, MD. Uh, yeah. I guess he wasn't a Disney thing. I he, I mean, he lived until fairly recently. Like he died in 1998. Oh yeah, um, which is pretty pretty amazing. The whole thing, the 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 cast for the for Fathers Know Knows Best was a lot of contract players from studios. So Robert Young was an MGM contract player. Jane Wyatt, who played his wife, was a universal contract player. Um, the uh, the character Nick, played by Wallace Ford, he was an MGM contract player. These guys in the 1940s, they would do like six to eight movies a year. Yeah. Pictures. And you couldn't argue with what you're you, they're just saying. You're doing this one. You're doing this one. You're doing this one. They can the studios controlled your careers. So Robert Young has dozens of films that that he did like tons of them um most of them are probably eh, like eh, great most of those films are lost you might be able to find yeah not even lost but like they're not streaming they're not on dvd someone might have taped it off of the television and is selling the dvds like home home like burn dvds but there's so many of them that they just cranked out. You'd film it over the course of two, three weeks. Uh, a lot of guys in boxy suits and that, you know, eyes. <laughs> Plus the 50s. Uh, well, we're going to have... Um, oh, yeah. So I'll go on it. Duh. This week on Must Have Seen TV, we're talking about the Father Knows Best episode, Christmas Story. It is the 12th episode of season one or also like the 12th episode of season five, which we'll get to in a second and was written by Roswell Rogers and Paul West and directed by William D. Russell. Here's how Peacock describes the episode. Jim is disappointed by his family's attitude towards Christmas and decides to do something about it. Ethan, how accurate is that description? I mean, it's like, you know, it's like saying the book of Genesis is about a boat. It's like, there's so much more to it. You don't even mention Nick. What in the world? So what, so we actually we watched different versions of this episode. If you watch the season one version, I watched the season one version on Freebie. Yeah, I accidentally uh, watched the season five one, which I thought I was watching a season one one. So there is in this story. Well, okay, 
in the season five one, it opens up with them uh, decorating the Christmas tree and then talking about four years ago, that was the best Christmas we ever had. Oh and they all talk God. about it. And so I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, I didn't remember this episode being like, you know, one of those like, let's re let's reminisce about something that happened before the series started kind of things. And then I was like, wait, but do the kids look younger? And I was like, well, no, Bud doesn't really look younger. But I was like, no, but the Kathy, the littlest girl is definitely like, why? How did they make them four years? And then it wasn't until after it was over that I realized I was in season five and that this is a season one episode and they were just do doubling up on. So I don't. So in that, like in that episode, it starts with them decorating the Christmas tree. I'm going to see if actually anything happens. Uh, the daughter's playing with a bear. Uh, uh, does oh no yours might not end with the bear coming to life the bear did not come to life okay Ladies yes gentlemen we did not see the same <laughs> yeah so so yeah so the beginning so the one i saw because then you'll have to guide us through to get us to the meat of this episode because the beginnings are different is the family's just decorating the tree, putting tinsel, all that. The daughter is playing with the bear that I believe Nick ends up giving her. We'll get to him later. Um, and then they, but the, so like the way they get into it is the dad comes in and they start talking about like the year that uh, Bud got a job at Big Steve's used car lot. And he was, uh, and uh, we all thought that we heard carolers. And then it goes into the episode as you saw okay. it. Yeah. Um, so the way the way that we saw it was um the mom, uh Jane Margaret, and the dad are wrapping some presents, and there are so many presents that she has to give that he is getting upset that they're the whole holiday is just about giving and receiving presents. It is tried and true, and it is still true today as it was. This <laughs> so I got to put a pin because we got to talk about this and it drives me. This is a conservative talking point. This is the whole. So first of all, the, the, the notion that Christmas has become commercial. This is 1954. And people are already saying Christmas has gotten too commercial. It's not about, you know, got to get to the real meaning of Christmas. There are Christmas episodes that will air this year that are at the exact same thing. And this is also the exact same point that I like to making make about the war on Christmas. And why do we have to say happy hot like that bullshit? That so for work, because in the Santa Clauses, Tim Allen's new sitcom on Disney Plus, oh, um, he plays his Santa Claus character and he says as Santa Claus and suddenly you can't even say Merry Christmas anymore, which made me lose my mind because this episode is set in 2022. It is the year 2022. This is not a sudden thing. We have been saying happy holidays at Christmas for literally and I found a newspaper article that proves it for since 1990. At the latest. So for 32 years, someone wrote into a newspaper in 1990 and was like, I'm sick. Why was the Christ in Christmas? I'm so sick of being ever this happy holiday stuff. 1990. 
19, this did not just happen. This is not AOC demanding that we, like, <laughs> it drives me crazy, these cyclical Christmas ideas that when you watch an episode like this, you're like, this has been a concept for 70 years. I, you know, just about the, the Keep the Christ in Christmas, I am in awe of people who put that bumper sticker on their car or like, because that is like a seasonal stance, but- oh yeah putting that on your car is a year round thing. That means yeah. that is your number one priority because you put it on your vehicle. And that means <laughs> it is the number one thing that you think about when you look That's at how your- I, I start my day Christ and Christmas. I don't care if it's June. <laughs> it just drives me up the wall because you know that if you went to any of these evangelical Christians and wish them a happy Hanukkah, they would lose their shit. And it's really? like, that is the point. That is the same point. That is why we say happy holidays, you idiots. Anyway. Exactly. Uh, Not everyone. There are many people, many people on this call who, <laughs> who celebrate Christmas with family, but do not celebrate it for the religious reasons. I don't celebrate it for the religious reasons because Christmas has, there's a reason that there aren't really like secular Easter isn't really a thing. Cause like there's the bunny yeah. and like some eggs, but like, it's really about Jesus Secular Christmas is fully like, I don't know, two thirds of Christmas. You have the Jesus pillar, you have the Santa pillar, and you have the like Victorian England pillar. <laughs> and these are what Christmas is built upon. <laughs> like, and it just like drives me uh, up. Also, the fact that when you say happy holidays, you are talking about Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, New Year's Day, Christmas. Like we have a lot of holidays back to back to back to back to back. Yeah. So it's also just technically the correct thing to say. Anyway, so, he's complaining about Christmas these days 70 years ago. 70 years ago, he's complaining about Christmas these days. So we're with to take it to the next level. The daughter, Betty, Princess. That's her, that's her name. Her name is she's, she's called Princess. Uh, is talking about this whole scam that she has with her boyfriend that she is going to uh, claim that he is late and make him think of wristwatches. And that means that he is going to try to get her a wristwatch she has her eye on. And then she's going like to call her girlfriend to uh, put the idea into this guy's... Oh, there goes my light. Um, put put it into this guy's head that he, she should really get, the, get, get her this watch. So it's there again, commercial, commercial, commercial. They're grumbling about it. They're grumbling about it. And then they hear, maybe this is, maybe this is where you started. Yeah. The carolers. Cause they like, Oh, carolers. And then the husband, uh, uh Jim and, uh, uh Margaret <laughs> rush outside to where they see a, it looks kind of like a PT cruiser with two big, like speaker, like horns on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it must have been a thing. Hold on a second. I need to grab something. Um, that must have been a thing back in the day. Like these cars that would go along with, um, with just announcing things. Because you don't see that. You don't see it anymore. Um, yeah, like they're driving along, like trying to get attention to draw people to go to the used car lot. And they're making a dollar an hour. So, yeah. yeah. So that the job that he has lasts... Sorry, the, the the fact that he they they reminisce about him having the job. He had the job for like 30 seconds. Yeah, <laughs> well, 
there's a moment so like so my this is where i started getting the evidence of like they're materialistic they you know so god one of the kids says like what selling stuff is like what christmas is all about and robert young as an actor whips around so fast and glares at his child and i was like wow he's really touchy and then like the younger daughter wants a purple tree the older daughter wants a pink tree and this is a trope of uh 50s 60s maybe even 70s sitcom episodes of like the color tree the the white tree the uh the aluminum tree being a sign that you are morally bankrupt and should be in jail think about it though a purple tree from 1954 would cost as much as a house these days. Like those, <laughs> those trees like that, if it's in great condition, you are making a mint if you have one of those in your attic. Like, it's very I'm, like the Charlie Brown Christmas special. It is very like, you know, go get one of them aluminum trees, Charlie Brown. I didn't know they made green tr wooden trees anymore. Uh, so the fact, yeah, this is 1954. This is eight years earlier. They're doing that. Um, so they... So Robert Young, Jim Anderson, gets it in his head that they need to do something like an old-fashioned Christmas. They need to go up on the mountain and chop down their own Christmas tree. It is wild because that is such a home improvement plot that, like, it could. It is such fodder for, like, a hilarious episode. Like, Does the uh, <laughs> get stuck in the snow, too? The what? Oh, It's, like, the same episode just done with home improvement? I mean, it could have been. It could have been. Yeah, because like this is that same like dad gets a harebrained idea on Christmas Eve when like the daughter has a party to go to and they, like everyone's like, what are you doing? Um, and But what's funny is like it is not played for laughs at all. It is serious. Like the entire episode, nothing is played for laughs, which is fine. It's a good episode. There's like five minute long sequences where no one laughs. There's, well, there's no, no joke at all. And it's, yeah. it's just but I think that's it was fascinating to watch to see this is this is like sitcoms crawling out of the primordial ooze of radio yeah and the other the other shows that were happening at the time were these you know it would be like four like exactly four television yeah, or we'd have like general electric theater your shit's playhouse and yeah sponsored by this one was sponsored by uh Lorillard cigarettes uh, and then Scott's Scott paper and then lever brothers, which became Unilever. Um, but they were, <laughs> they, they do like big things for the sponsors. They would, uh, they would be half an hour to four, an hour technically of a play. Yeah. It would be, be a play adapted for television, uh, teleplay. Um, that's where we get, sh uh, shows like twilight zone and outer limits, uh, love American style where it's yeah. these, your anthology, your episodic yeah. anthology, as opposed to season anthologies, was your in. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Vogue now. Um, this episode also has the kind of plotline that happens all the time in old sitcoms that I don't know if this is actually a thing, but either buying or putting up your Christmas tree on Christmas Eve, which seems insane to me. I, 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 was that a thing? I need to look that up. Like, that's a good question. Like, no, I guess if you do the 12 to do, it's like, you, but like, and also, so we'll get like the amount of work it takes. This also happens in like the Garfield Christmas special, which is from 87. So, but they put up the tree on Christmas Eve as like a family thing. And it's like, this is so much work and you're going to enjoy it for, (laughs) A day or maybe the 12 days of Christmas. I don't know. But like, hey, ours is already up and we've been enjoying it for a week now. So we we just got ours. we just got ours and we haven't put it up because we're we're going away for for a little bit and we don't want the cats to like tear it apart. Oh, because cats uh, love doing cats, cats will. <laughs> um, I mean, did you know that uh, you should take off according to Catholicism, you should take down your Christmas tree on January 7th. Yeah, that's that 12 days of Christmas. That's what Seb yeah, the, says. The days start on December 25th and last through Epiphany, and mm-hmm. then you toss the tree. Yeah, I'm Southern Baptist. We don't know anything about that. <laughs> and it's also, not, we have fake it, trees. Anyway. Not, I don't know if it's a hard and fast rule. Uh, I think it's there. It just has a little bit of a, it gives you a little bit of a shelf life. It gives you the, the 12 days. But yeah. like, spending all that money, we're going to keep ours up until maybe Groundhog Day. I don't know. Oh, no, yeah, we end up doing that, and I, it makes me depressed. That's another thing. Uh, there is actually one kind of joke right here where, like, the paper said it was going to snow, and then Jim says, like, there's not a cloud in the sky, and then it smash cuts to just, like, snow everywhere. <laughs> snow, 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 snow. And I was like, oh, that's funny. Uh, so, like, they hit a snow drift, and now they are stuck in the snow on Christmas Eve, and they find, what do they find? It's called the Sunny Pines Lodge, but it's also kind of like a gas station. Like there's like stuff Most in it. it. It's like a general store that has like a a, a bedroom. Like a, yeah, like an apartment. Yeah, because it, it, they have signs saying ice. There's there's um when you when they go inside, there's a counter with supplies yeah. and, and hunting equipment, and so it's it, I think it's more like a general store. Kind of place that has a, a tiny little room in the back for the proprietor to sleep in. Yeah, and it has a phone. Phone is dead. We are now in full horror movie territory. I also noticed, though, on the way up, they were driving up. Mom sat in the back, which is something my family never did. No matter how big I was, mom sat in the front. Always. Yeah, yeah, because Bud is up front. And then it's mom and the dog. Ew. Father no knows problem. best. Father rides up front with son. Zero seatbelts. They might not have been a thing then, but I noticed. No, yeah. I mean, my dad, uh, when I was a kid, my dad had a, like, I guess it was probably a 70s Volkswagen bug. And there yeah. were no seatbelts. I think there was a, I think the driver had a seatbelt. Everyone else just had the, the little hand-holding things. <laughs> it's just like, hold on. Um, So they get there, the phone is dead. And then they realize, oh, somebody's living here. 
let's let's jump it back for a second. They got in because dad had an axe that he was going to chop a tree down. And he went up to this 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 ha- this this lodge that has boarded up and he took the axe and he took down those boards. Oh, yeah. He just. Re- yeah. <laughs> they play off a lot in this episode as if there's nothing odd going on. And yeah. and it's so, like they realize, oh, someone's living here. There's coffee in this cup. There's still oatmeal in the pot. And then who comes through the door? But a big burly man holding a rifle. His name is Nick. And he is played by character actor Wallace Ford. Wallace Ford was an MGM contract player. Uh, his big role that you probably remember him from, he was he was in the movie Freaks, the Todd Browning film. Wow. But uh, his is a rags to riches story that involves... A bizarre way he he got his name. Let me tell you this little little tale. How we pers- got the name Wallace Ford? How we got the name Wallace Ford? Because his kill name- the real Wallace Ford. <laughs> his real name is Samuel James Grundy Jones Grundy. Uh, he grew up in England and he was an orphan and abused by multiple families over multiple years as he was used as a slave. I hate to use that word, but that's that's uh, how we, he is described in his biography. Oh, my God. Uh, at the age of 11, he escaped and joined uh, the theater doing doing family like small acts with 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 kids on the stage. That was going so well. He sn- he he uh, snuck aboard a ship with his friend. Uh, Wallace Ford came to the United States. Uh, they became hobos and rode rail and Wallace Ford uh, got crushed by a train car and Samuel Jones Grundy decided to take to steal his name. Took his name. I and- mean, like, this is like a Don Draper, Dick Whitman kind of thing. Like, did he also like take a social security number and like assume... I don't Wait, so we didn't have social security numbers back then. No, not then. God. So and then he's he's just kept working in the theater. He did and he just kind of like kept getting better roles until he uh got a contract part with with MGM and did a whole bunch of movies uh for them. So it's kind of like a, a rags to riches story. Uh he he died in 1966 and he was in 166 movies and television shows she's i now you also you can't tell me that that might not be nick's story too (laughs) nick is the most real character in all of this so there's 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 this hesitancy where you don't know is he going to snap is he going to hurt somebody yeah yeah. man he's got a gun his eyes are a little wild he's a little he's very unshaven like i am but he's he's basically like he's santa claus like that is kind of like He's a jolly, if uh, unsettling old man with like a big white beard. He's got a great head of hair. When he takes off that, he's got like a nice head of hair. I was like, oh, that's some good. That's like some good, like writer strong hair or something (laughs) like some good early 90s floppy hair. Um, He's this character that uh, reminded me a lot of Clarence the Angel from It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Yeah. And he... 
so like this is a horror movie premise 100 percent. like this is like the scary ghost stories part of it's the most wonderful time of the year where it's like andy will andy oh my god andy gibb no andy, andy williams. williams i was like andy williams why are you singing about scary ghost stories that's not part of christmas and then you watch <laughs> this episode and you're like okay yes this is scary in it uh it's not a ghost but so he over over and over and over and over and over throughout the episode there are moments where like he connects with them on this human level like the kids are like if we don't get home we're not gonna have a christmas and then he says well it's christmas up here too and then he's like i'm gonna get you like i'm gonna get like he's just so giving and like i'm gonna get you guys grow we we have groceries go over there he's it's very but it's all yeah there's there's one there's a couple lines here that are just so well written that i'm like this is this is obviously someone who has written for film because this is this it's like this there's a part where he he talks about like um uh he was like being a good boy scout means being prepared and kitty the youngest daughter says are you a boy scout and they he he kneels down next to her and the music's going and he goes tonight i'm everybody i'm a man i'm a little boy i'm a father i'm an uncle i'm a friend i'm a stranger but tonight i'm rich because you're here, because you're my friend, and I own tonight. What? <laughs> what? That's poetry. It's so good. I know, yeah. Well, like, and earlier before that, he he sits like, okay, first of all, he's like showing, I think he's showing Bud how to like clean a rifle. So there's like a lot of rifles in the place. So it's also fun. like, this could turn real quick. But he like looks Bud in the face. He's like, no, tomorrow we're going to go out and we're going to get us, we're going to shoot a big honking goose. He's like, he, he looks Bud in the eyes and he said, have you ever smelled the aroma of wild onions stuffed inside a brook trout simmering over an open fire? And I was like, oh, no. And then Bud's like literally like licking his lips. <laughs> it, it, it's, it is, it's wild. And well, he's like, his name is Nick. I'm old Nick. We're old man. A name is just a label. And I'm more than like a label. It's like, okay. He's, he's the character that I am absolutely completely fond of and completely enamored by. And... <laughs> It's it's yes, it's a little over the top, but he doesn't he never plays it over the top. He's just very he, he his his acting chops are so good. Yeah, that weariness that he's lonely, and he and he these people have entered his life, and even though like life has kind of like brought him down, he is going to do his damnedest. And I am just in awe of how good uh, Wallace Ford, yeah. nay, Samuel Jones Grundy, Jeez. did with this. Well, and like the little girl is pulling a full Stephanie Tanner and is like, Santa's not going to know where we are because we are not at home. So he's not going to come. And then, but he like knows exactly what to say to like comfort her. Um, He like, and then he like shakes her hand because, which is also so like, he doesn't go in, like he knows I'm going to show her the respect, like shake my hand. Like I, you know, I uh, scouts on like, um, it isn't like a hug or any, it's like this. It's such a cool little choice. Uh, and then when it comes time to say grace, like they they all get the dinner together. And, <laughs> and it is like, say, this is like Jim is like, now we don't always say grace, but, and then Nick just knows, starts praying right there. Like doesn't even have to, have to ask it. It's like, what is happening? And, and then he's like, he thanks God for them being guided to him. And then also, hopes that the lord has a merry christmas <laughs> <laughs> like it is 
when you say you're going to, I know you're going to ask me, should other people see this episode? And my sounding <laughs> answer is going to be a thousand times. Yes. This, yeah. this makes you feel the same way that it's a wonderful life makes you feel. Yeah. It's the end of white Christmas where the general walks into the, the room and everyone salutes him. It's just, it's, you just, you get choked up. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, Cause he promises uh, with a little daughter, Kathy, Kitty, Kate, 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 he promises her he's like, well, you go to bed, uh, a great big Christmas tree is going to sprout up from right over there and we're going to have a Christmas. So she goes to bed and then like Jim and Margaret are like in another room and being like, what is up with this guy? Like, it's the only time where they're kind of like, so this is kind of weird. <laughs> but then yeah. they hear a rustling and they look and then, then Bud and... Uh, Nick have gone out and gotten a huge tree, great tree. They start making decorations. Yep. Like it's popcorn, just like popcorn strings. I saw them all up. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. Now there's a, there also, he says at this moment, like Jim asks him like, oh, how long have you lived here? And he says that, well, if you count like the hills and the trees before this, I've been here since God made them. And it's like, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> So like, spoiler, well, like so spoiler. Well, like so it's like so spoiler alert, he's not Santa, but like at this point, you're like, I think the show is going to say Santa is real. He's like evil. because yeah. things like that are like that's magic talking. So uh he he gets to, uh, uh, in his head because the tree is up, it's Christmas Eve, the tree is up, and he has to get gifts for the kids. Yes. He goes around Nick. This is Nick, not the dad. Dad's just sitting there like a goon. Dad has also admitted that he fucked up. Dad actually yeah. says the kids know that I messed up their Christmas. So we also got the one episode where father didn't know best. <laughs> he wrecked their car in a snowdrift. Yeah. So Nick is going around and the two gifts that he gets from this general store are a teddy bear and a gun. <laughs> and there's he's kind of like cleaning the gun and he's you see him he, he's writing something down on the um on the counter he's he has a little piece of paper he's writing something and then behind him you see a face looks in a face looks in and, and the fa- i wrote i wrote in my notes who is this cyril karn looking motherfucker <laughs> his that's name an, is an andor it, reference his name is william trailer playing the character of Les Turner. Uh, William William Trailer was an old-timey actor, uh, but you, I know he did in a role in Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah. Anyway. He's a ranger. He's not a member of the Primor uh, security force, and he's not responsible for the Empire arriving on Ferrix. But <laughs> same energy at first. Um, so the, but, like, the- he comes in, and, like, Nick... This is also so well played too, because doesn't Nick ask Les like, "Oh, do you do you need me to go help you check on that deer herd?" Which like, there's no deer herd, yeah. but he's just like, "Don't blow my cover, dude." Yeah, and he, and Les Les sees exactly what's happening, and and the the Anderson family kind of catches him up, and Jim looks at at Nick's little list and gets it in his head. That Nick is a vagrant who is living on the mountain. It has gotten very cold. He has come to the the lodge where it's he has some warmth. He has a bed. Uh, the lodge is shut down for the winter. Uh, mm-hmm. and Nick 
has just been doing all this out of the kindness of his heart and and they're faced with a dilemma do they do they blow his cover and well, and then uh jim like finds a list and he's like he notes that uh nick has written down everything that he has taken from dan crowley who's the owner of the lodge they find his name um he's like taken a list of like all the stuff he's used and like the price and with it's like nick is doing that because he in his head is like i'm gonna pay this man back it's not right to steal so i'm definitely gonna pay him back but and then like less is like i mean he does that even though like he knows deep down he can't pay him back but it just makes him it makes him like feel better to just sign his name to like and it's It's, like oh god heartwarming and there's there's a great line where the ranger and nick have walked out and they're and and the ranger's bringing him back in to kind of say goodbye to the family and he's and he says um he says something like don't you get all lonesome up here and nick this line being alone ain't what makes a man lonesome sometimes you just want more i was like oh that turn of phrase sometimes you just want not where I was expecting the line to go, but I'm like, oh, that's a good line. It's like, and well, so like, he's also while Les is talking to Jim and Margaret, he's in the back like packing up his shit in a big sack, yeah. and he's like, he goes outside. Does he go outside to get away? Where outside also there is a deer and a one horse open sleigh. Like <laughs> there is a whole Santa setup out there waiting for him to get yeah. away, and that is what Kathy Kitty, whatever her name is, uh. She like wakes up and she sees and she's like, it's Santa. Oh, my God. Which, hey, like, I understand why you think that Santa, because it is a large bearded man with a sack walking towards a sleigh and a reindeer. <laughs> um, and so so then, like, she runs outside to talk to her parents, but then Les is outside with Nick. And then he also like Les is like, you know, you 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 knew you were going to give yourself up. You like you lit the fire. I could see from the chimney. I could see the lights. Like, why did you do that? And he, Nick says like, well, you take chances when you're lonely. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's it, it, heartwarming. So Les does the right thing. And he walks him back with the understanding that he's going to let, he's not going to rat on him. And Kitty sees him come in and he says, oh, she says, oh, Nick, I saw Santa Claus. Santa Claus did come. And I don't know if you noticed oh, this. That was, yeah. Nick He's holding the sack. Of, yes, this big sack Les- all possessions. And Les, as, as, as she's talking excitedly, Les just quietly and unobtrusively gets the bag and moves it to the other room. So not to spoil her impression yeah. that... Santa, that she saw Santa. Good little bit bit of business there. I love that. Uh, okay, and so then she says, you know, oh, I feel I feel shivery inside, and Dad's like, oh, Dad does as well. And then that is where my episode ends. Before we get to my coda, what happens in your version? That's it. They oh, credit- it just ends right yeah. there. Right, credits roll. Okay, so four years later, bum, 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 um, so. They're all the family's like, oh, we never saw or heard from Nick again. And Kathy's like, well, I have. And she's over there playing tea tea party with the bear that Nick gave her. And then like, he was like, oh, yeah. She's like, yeah, it was just like maybe like a a year or something after. Um, And then it flashes back to her having tea with the bear that Nick gave her. And then 
by a voiceover, I guess our 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 man Nick says like, you know, oh, I wish I'd actually written down it word for word because I just I didn't know that this was a new thing. But he says like he wouldn't have missed this Christmas for anyone. Um, and then she's like, are you really a bear? And he's like, I'm whatever you want to be if you just believe hard enough. And then the bear winks at her like that. And then it ends. So basically, it's like the bear that Nick gave her is sentient <laughs> or or she's just like lost her mind a little bit about the bear and is like imagining the bear talk to her with Nick's voice. Or Nick died and he possessed the bear. <laughs> yeah. So I like that. The episode as it was originally presented is like, there's no magic here. He's not actually Santa Claus. He's a vagrant, you know. And then four years later, they're like, oh, but the bear that he gave her definitely talks or like definitely has <laughs> is very well, strange. Makes no sense. That makes no yeah. sense. But I do, I do understand them. Like, well, if we're revisiting this iconic episode, then we should, we got to give them something new. It is oh. like, it is one hell of an episode yeah now and now i know why i rated it a four out of five on my database um yeah. uh, are you ready, ready yeah. for some must-have facts about this i have a couple <laughs> not really many i don't know um so uh oh god no i don't know how many people watch this because i forgot to look that up but also it was not in the top 30 for season one so like wasn't a big hit initially the show wasn't a big hit cbs dropped it after the first season nbc picked it up for another two or three and then they dropped it and cbs ran it for the, the last two or three yeah so yeah just hot potato uh the top what five shows episodes? the top five shows of this season where number five was toast of the town four was you bet your life three was dragnet Two was the Jackie Gleason show. And number one was, of course, I Love Lucy. Mm. And it is just, I think every time we talk about 1950s TV show, I'm always like, it is so wild to compare any of these to I Love Lucy. I Love Lucy is still kinetic, frenetic, funny today, like smart, quick. Yeah. And then it was airing alongside this stuff. This, I mean, this stuff does not hold a candle comedically to i love lucy but i think i i think that the way they took a very very simple premise we're snowed in at a i wonder if this is the first snowed in episode i mean it could be 1954 there aren't that many christmas episodes before this one like it it is you know it's the book that i want to write um (laughs) but it is it, it is it does a lot it does what it does really really well and there's yeah. not a lot going on. Actually, there, you know, once they get to the cabin, there's a lot of like really good stuff that everyone oh, yeah. is off. Like it's it's well written. The 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 uh Roswell Rogers, the writer, wrote 103 episodes of the series. So wow. the director, uh William D. Russell, directed 64 episodes of the show. So these are people who stuck with Father Knows Best for a Through long. all the network jumps, yeah. So the the CBS Sunday lineup that this aired as a part of uh, was Lassie, <laughs> Private Secretary, then General Electric Theater, then Father Knows Best, and then What's My Line. So it is interesting that it wasn't a big. It's like I feel like What's My Line had to have been a big show. 
because we i mean like that's a big yeah. i don't know we'll talk about it yeah uh and uh so like what are you watching i don't have synopses but on abc is a game is a quiz show called break the bank which seems kind of uh uh who wants to be a millionaire? It's like you have to answer so many questions with only like without missing some, you know. Uh, and then Father Knows Best. And then the Loretta Young show is on NBC, and that was a half hour uh episodic anthology drama. Um mm. which Hayden uh was on an episode of. Um oh. I think Just Just also directed Loretta Young in either some TV plays or her show. Uh, well, so yeah, fun fact though, the house they used for the exteriors is the same house they they used for uh, Major uh, Major Nelson's house in I Dream of Jeannie. Well, and it was used in several episodes of Bewitched. R.I.P. That house. Whenever they tear all that down for, don't even get me started. But, but <laughs> what would I watch between those three? Yeah, quiz show, Father Knows Best, or a an episodic anthology where you never know what you're going to get. Am I allowed to just read Batman comics? Yeah, probably. Wait, what's going on in Batman in 1954? 1954? I mean, that's probably the crazy era, right? No, this is this is this is when he's still just fighting um like gangsters all the time and spies. When does he start like is that like the 60s when he starts like, you know, when things get real well, wacky? It is 54. I think things do get a little weird in 54. I'm I'm I am pushing it a little bit. Um there that you have some like old school it, it yeah it's it's it is getting cut to like the aliens are robbing a bank or like yeah also, i have this was uh that makes giant dinosaurs or no, so batman number 89 uh is the december cover date february 1955 so therefore december 1954 probably um featuring bruce wayne's aunt agatha and she's saying, why, Bruce Wayne, whatever are you doing in that costume, striking those young men? And it's uh, <laughs> she's pulling Batman's uh, cowl off. And yes, there are two goons on the ground and they're like holding their jaw. And then there's a, a <laughs> there's just like a plate glass window that says diamonds and it's broken. <laughs> and Robin is behind him. So I'm looking at it right right now. Bruce Agatha. Agatha. Yeah, it's who is who is Aunt Agatha? Is she an actual thing? I, I don't know. I have I have um, all the Batman comics on my iPad, and I'm kind of going through them all. But I skipped over a lot of the stuff, so I can just start with like the the new era, the good stuff, the, or the new look. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the, this is the DC wiki, and so I went to Aunt Agatha's page, and so like it's like here's her history on Earth Two, on New Earth, powers and abilities, abilities, cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um so I'm just I'm reading Batman comics. What about you? I uh so I do know that this is a Christmas episode because I did see a newspaper ad advertising this is a Christmas episode. It has it was a, a photo of all of them like on the porch or like outside, and it's like they're snowed in. So I'm like, yes, I'm watching this. It's Christmas. Okay. Yes, unless unless Loretta Young is uh doing a Christmas episode. Oh, Oh, so I I just realized which episode we're doing for the 1960s next week. Oh, uh, we're going to do Family Affair. And I'm not going to tell you anything about the episode. But let me just say, it's going to continue the uh, sitcoms with no laughs. 
Oh no. Trend, get ready and don't look it up. But I did that just hit me. That's yeah, because oh boy. Um but okay, well, anyway, uh that just hit me out of nowhere. Uh, who had the oh on uh IMDB 70 users rated this an 8.1 out of 10. Higher, lower on the money. I'd say on the money. Yeah, I think that's good. It's uh, one, 70, it's right? Like a high water mark for the series as far as IMDB ratings. Like they usually they're they're between what I saw like between like six six and like eight or like high sevens. Okay, good. Eight is eight is is good. I like this one. Uh, who had the musty performance? Oh, dude, it's Nick. Nick, it's Nick. It's Wallace Ford. It's um, he, it, you know, the the dad and the family are kind of like goofy, you know, white suburban middle class people, yeah. which the network thought people could relate to. Of course. Great. You know, whatever. I just did air quotes. Um, but Nick is there's so much there. These layers of caring yeah. and uh just human like raw humanity just yeah. you know destroyed like, destroyed and like, oh my like god. When 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 Chris Claremont is writing Wolverine at his best, like that is that. <laughs> like <laughs> it's that same level of like grizzled mystery and like quiet selflessness and stoicism <laughs> yeah it's it's in that era also his name is nick like how is he not santa claus um uh and then most other people see this episode yeah i think if you're if you're watching christmas episodes this year this father knows best is literally everywhere and i think in a lot of free places too freebie that's where i watched it so I, yeah and I, I i can't speak to the rest of father knows best like if they were all this writing level like this show is amazing. My guess is that they are not. They're more like Leave It to Beaver and not the elevated drama of the Christmas story. Yes, uh, listeners, I have talked about Falano's best before. <laughs> episode eighty-two with Patrick Cotner and Ramsey S. We talked about uh, the episode "A Medal for Margaret," which was a season four episode, and it was. I mean, we read about it because it was nominated for an Emmy for best comedy writing, and it was not actually funny. I don't believe. But anyway, so I, I was like, okay. Um, but yeah, no, I think the Father Knows Best for 1950s sitcoms, it's, it's like a fine show. I, I've watched a couple episodes and it's like, you know, uh, you know, it's a, it's a vibe. It's a mood. You, you said we should watch this one instead of the season two Christmas episode. Yeah, the Angel's Sweater or something, which I think because when I watched it, it wasn't, it might, it might be one of those that's like, listed as a christmas episode but like isn't really a christmas episode or like the, the christmas is an integral i can't i can't remember but i remember, i gave it a two out of five in my uh in my big sprawling database of uh holiday episodes so that's my guide um but uh yeah that i mean i guess that does it for this episode of must have seen tv um we were gonna be a little long oh, yeah. with this one and that's okay because we had a lot of great things to say. There's a lot of great background and just catching up after the holidays is pretty good. And everyone needs to watch Holla Out the Holly and Three Wise Men and a Baby on Hallmark. Uh, and God, are those it? Yeah, for now. Uh, where can people find you if they want to talk about other people who stole names of the person that died right next to them? <laughs> uh, hit me up on Ethan K 55 on Instagram. Uh, I am all but deactivated my Twitter account. I was Damn. able to download everything that I I had written. And I I, had, I don't know. I'm kind of like on the fence because if someone does kind of quote something that like or sends me a link, I want to be able to go to it and not have to like 
click through a whole bunch of screens just to see something that they sent me. Yeah. Like I'm, I don't want to be on Twitter at all, but don't, don't find me on Twitter. Don't look me up. <laughs> like it is, it is a hell site. It is garbage and get, get rid of it. I absolutely hate it, but I'm keeping it around for functional reasons. You can find me on Twitter at Brett White. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm amazed. I'm glad that it held out for one last Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, my favorite Twitter day of the year. Um, who knows what's going to happen next? Uh, it is a breeding ground for uh, extremists and uh, Nazi sympathizers. Um, so <laughs> Twitter is bad. Uh, but yeah, find me at, at Brett White on Twitter and on Instagram. Which is where you can find a lot of uh, scams that will uh, get your photos, then get your uh, facial ID recognition. Stop putting your photos in things. Every every now and then it's like, upload your photo to this website and it'll make you look like a smurf or whatever. And it's like, and and then always, everyone does it. And then a week later, it's like, oh, yeah, this site is made by a Russian oligarch or like it's. You know, it's always Russia and they're always looking for like data mining or whatever. But then also, you know, just by being on the Internet, we're all giving our information to everyone anyway. So if you want to look like a Smurf, go on, go do it. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Uh, and that's everything. Um, yeah. So rate and review this on Apple podcast. Watch it on YouTube if you wish. Uh, you can also uh, you can also. The Barb Hardly Christmas special is coming out. I have one number already up. My Santa baby number, or her Santa baby number, I guess, since it is Barb. Uh, the whole thing will be out at some point. Listeners, a good old-fashioned Christmas special. Uh, I mean, that's probably... Oh, read the words I desire.com, the 30 reviews of Christmas movies I've done. Thanks to ACAST for hosting this podcast. Uh, thanks to y'all for listening and watching, potentially. Uh, we'll see you next time. I must have seen TV. <laughs> Very nice. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.